the peers, but the big idea, the big message that Jesus is communicating in this passage is that we should pray. And that when we pray, God will answer. And when he answers, he will give you what you ask for. Jesus says in verse 9, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. But have you ever prayed for something and then you felt that God didn't answer the prayer? Maybe you prayed for something that you thought was good and right. Something that God should give an answer to. Maybe it was the salvation of a friend. Healing from illness. Praying for a good job. And yet the answer came back, no. Or maybe the answer came back with a yes, but it was it was a different yes. It was something that you weren't expecting. Maybe the answer of yes that you really didn't want. How did you feel at that time? How did it affect your relationship with God, perhaps? And, or how does it affect your faith in prayer? Perhaps there's something that you're praying about right now, something kind of big in your life that you're thinking through, that you're working through, that you're praying, that you're wrestling with God about. Maybe it's a spouse, children, the Irving building, what to do in the future, and you're still waiting for an answer from God. It doesn't seem that he's clear, his guidance is a bit vague. You're longing that he would act and he would sort out this particular situation, but he hasn't done anything about it yet. Does your experience of prayer match what Jesus is teaching here? Does prayer really work as he says? Does God really give good gifts? Maybe you think that these verses are true, which I hope that you do. We may think that therefore that means that that my prayers are not good enough. That Perhaps God is not really interested in answering my prayers. He's got bigger things to, to worry about than to bother with me. Maybe we feel unworthy that God doesn't want to pay us attention but perhaps we're, we're a bit worthless. Maybe at times in our life we've all thought about these things and have gone through these processes. And we think of prayer, we think of this wonderful gift that God has given to us by his grace. A prayer that God wants us to be able to communicate with him about. But sometimes it just doesn't seem to work out the way the Bible says it should. And sometimes, well often that's troubling for us. Because unanswered prayer or apparent unanswered prayer can be a stumbling block for our walk as Christians. It can knock our faith. It can raise questions. It can cause us to doubt. It can cause us to doubt God, his goodness, his power, his character. Does he really love? And I think that Jesus tells the parable that we've just read after he teaches about prayer because he knows that These are the responses, these are the experiences that we may go through as followers of Jesus. And so I pray this evening that as we look through this, that we'll come to understand in a clearer way what he's saying, that we'll believe what he's saying, that we'll see how it all works out in our own lives. Let's look 
as our text were. The verses that we read in context, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. We read that in the first few verses. They said, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray, and so he gives them some guidelines in verses 2 and 3. But then he goes on and tells this little parable about a man who needs some bread, and this man wants to feed his travelling friend. And I think he, want, he tells this parable because he wants us to see a contrast. A contrast between God and this man who is in bed. And the contrast is that God is not like the man in the bed. He is willing to help. He is willing and wants to serve and to answer our prayers. And I think the first thing for us to look at tonight is simply that God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray. He invites us to do it. Let's read that parable again. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, let me some loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and he's come to me and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed and can't give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give you, get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So here is a man. He has a friend travelling late at night and he has no food. He can't nip down to the shop. There's no 24-hour Tesco in those days. And he's in trouble. And so he goes to his neighbour, a neighbour that he knows, he's a friend. He thinks, surely my neighbour will give me some food so I can be hospitable and be kind and caring to my visiting friend. It's midnight. The man playing host believes that's not going to matter. This guy is my friend. Surely he will help me. And so, picture the scene. He goes to his neighbour's house and he bangs on the door. And you can imagine at first there's, there's no answer. The bang of the door echoes down the quiet streets. Some may have walked off at that point thinking one knock is enough. I don't want to make too much noise. I will think of something else. But this man knocks again. Then you hear a, he hears a voice from the window whispering, What do you want? And the man says, Well, I need these loaves for my friend who was visiting. And a sigh comes from the window saying, Well, don't bother me. The door's locked. I'm in bed. You've woken me up. I can't give you anything. Now, what do you think about story so far? Would you have behaved in such a way? Perhaps we think it's rude and impolite for his friend not to just get up, give some bread, and then get back to bed. Well, let's give this man in the house the benefit of the doubt. It is midnight, after all. He and his family are asleep in bed. They've probably been asleep for a while. Maybe he has to get up early for work in the morning, and all this guy needs, really, is some bread. Surely he can just wait until morning and get some from the shop. Or mix them. Maybe so, but surely if you're a friend, you have a friend in need, then you would get up and help. And so, despite this, the man keeps on knocking. And finally, the man gets up because this man is just persistent. He won't give up. He's bold. He has shameless audacity, as the NIV puts it. And he gives him what the man needs. 
sends him on his way, hoping that he'll not return later for some cheese. A surprising parable. But I think Jesus wants us to be surprised and shocked by it, because when we think of prayer, prayer of course is the context of the passage here, many of us think, or can think, that God is a little bit like that man in bed. Someone who's busy doing other things. Someone who doesn't want to be disturbed. Certainly not by someone like you or me. A God who is not willing to meet our needs. A God who will only pay attention to you if you keep on nagging him. Do you believe that about God? Is that the God of your experience? Asking for bread is important. This man was being hospitable in in those days, like it is even now today. We want to welcome people by offering them some some refreshments. Our prayers are always important to us, but sometimes we may, may wonder whether they are important to God. God is God, after all. Surely he has bigger fish to fry. He's upholding the universe. He's saving people from sin. Is he really interested in my simple requests? Don't bother me. The door is locked. Go away. Think of times in your life, perhaps, when you prayed and there seems to be a no response or or a no. We, We ask for healing and it doesn't come. We pray for help to pass an exam, but we fail. We pray that a relationship would turn to marriage, but it doesn't. We feel God has been like the man in the bed, and he said, go away. That's the man in the bed, and Jesus is telling us that God is not like that. Jesus says, I tell you, the truth is, ask, verse 9. Seek. Knock. Friends, this evening, however you may feel about prayer, about answers, whatever your experience has been in this area, let's just pause, take a step back, and simply know that God wants us to pray. He is interested. He wants to hear. And he wants to answer. God is not like the man in the bed. He is generous and he's willing. And he makes that really clear in our passage. He is the one who gives to those who ask. Who reveals to those who search. And he's the one who opens the door to those who knock. Why does he do that? Well, because we are his. We are his children. As Christians, we are in a living relationship with God because of Christ. We're more than a friend. We are family to him. And so God wants to communicate with his children. He's our heavenly father. As we see in a minute, he wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants us to pray. Secondly, he wants us to pray with boldness and with persistency. A few months ago, one of our student neighbours arrived home at 3 o'clock in the morning, as they often did, and um, he had forgotten his key. So, it was late, everyone in the house was in bed asleep, 
when he began to knock on the door. Now, I'm a light sleeper, so I woke up immediately. But next door, there was no sound. There was no movement. And so he knocked again. And with each knock, it got louder and longer and harder. Now, if you know this area, it's very quiet at night. And Essex Street is deadly silent, and you can hear everything. So this knocking sound was loud, and I'm sure would have woken up many other people in different houses, but no one woke up in, the, in my neighbor's house. But this student was bold and persistent. He was shameless. He kept on knocking on the door. And when I finally got out of bed, touched by his shameless audacity, I was about to go downstairs to let him sleep on my couch, just to shut him up. He walked away. Giving up <laughs> on his housemates. The friends who came to knock on his neighbour's door, he came in an opportune time, it was midnight, people were asleep, he was cheeky perhaps, but even when he was refused, he kept on going. And Jesus tells us that when it comes to prayer, he says, be like that, come and pray, come and ask me for things, seek me, search me. Knock, be persistent. Pray to me. He wants us to pray, but he wants us to be bold in our prayers. He loves us as a Heavenly Father, wants to give us good gifts, so let's come and ask him for it. To ask, of course, simply means to ask, to request God for things. We petition God for things in our lives. Often this is the one that dominates our prayers, often is asking for things. Jesus has taught us already in in the prayer that we are to ask for our daily bread and those things are good and they're important for us. Don't think that anything in your life is too trivial for God. He's interested. I remember going to the cinema with some friends and as we drove around the, the car park, it was busy and I prayed for a car parking space. My friends looked at me a bit oddly. Are you praying for a car park space for? But why not? Is God not interested in parking spaces? <laughs> and praise God, He provided one for us. We ask, what about seeking? I think these things progress. And seeking to me seems to be this, a more intimate way of praying. We, we're searching for something, we're spending time in prayer. It's that deeper relational connection with God. You can imagine that, that seeking God in prayer often happens in a particularly difficult time in our life. When we, we're asking, we've got questions. We're searching for something. There's a particular issue or circumstances which are frustrating. Perhaps we're struggling particularly with sin and then we, we come to God in repentance and we're seeking his forgiveness. We open our hearts to him. We tell him how we feel and we we commune with him. We're searching. You read the Psalms in the Bible and they're full of, full of that. David and others like him are searching God. They're opening their hearts to him. Telling, them, telling him how they feel. Asking him questions and, and seeking God in times of trouble. Seeking is a time we, we cry out to God, pleading for him. Do you pray like that? Do you have searching times in your prayer? God invites us to pray. 
He invites us to come and do business with him. So we ask and we seek and then we knock. And I wonder whether this where the persistency come in comes in. We knock and we knock and we keep praying. Jesus doesn't say that we should keep knocking because he's busy, he has lots of things to do, that he needs reminding of our needs. He doesn't say be persistent in prayer because it's only when you nag me that I'll really answer your prayers. I think sometimes or often persistency in prayer is for our sake more than for his sake and we'll think about that in a minute. Being persistent in prayer, knocking, seeking him persistently for things in our life shows us our commitment to prayer. shows us how important things are. It reveals our true hearts, our true motives for our prayers in life. And it shapes us and changes us. Being persistent in prayer is about submitting to God's timing for things, for his answers. For modern road church at the moment, the glaring, glaringly obvious example is the Irving building. It's been many years of praying. Are we being persistent in our prayers? Are we keeping knocking? Are we searching God, searching his heart? Is he moulding and shaping us as we seek him for the answer? We have no yes, we have no no. We, we are still waiting. And Jesus says to us, keep knocking, keep going, keep praying. God wants us to pray, to pray with boldness, to pray persistently. He wants us to see the prayer as this relational matter. It's about deep communication with our Father. We're asking and seeking and knocking not only on a friend's door, but on our Heavenly Father's door. He loves us and he wants to answer. It seems as we read this passage that Jesus couldn't have made it clearer about the gift of prayer and the privilege of prayer and the fact that he will answer our prayers. But we're perhaps still struggling with that doubt in our minds of does he? Is that true with my experience? I think when it comes to answering prayer, I think God answers prayer in about four different ways. <laughs> and I hope that these will be helpful for you as you think about the various matters of prayer in your life. We need to remember again the context of what Jesus is, is teaching here. Jesus begins the, the chapter by teaching about the disciples about prayer. And he paints big brushstrokes about the content of prayer. He speaks about God's kingdom coming, praying for daily bread, forgiveness of sins, not being led into temptation. And if you want to hear more about that, come the next few Sunday mornings and Dan will be taking us through the Lord's Prayer from Matthew. We see that God has his good, perfect, eternal purposes and plan that he is working out, that he is fulfilling in our world. And God, in answering prayers, will answer according to his good and eternal purposes. He is a good God and he wants good things for his children. And so when the answer to our prayers is a yes, then that's great and we like that and we're happy. We pray for something and it 
comes to be. Sometimes God answers yes, but he answers it in a, in a different way than we originally thought. And he does that because actually this other way is better for you. He wants to give good gifts to you, but he wants to give his good gifts are better than the good gifts that you think. And so we can rejoice that when God answers yes to our prayers, they are always going to be the best for us. But thirdly, sometimes the answer is a clear no. And that's painful. Particularly when we think it's a good thing that we're praying for. How do we respond to that? Well, we need to see that it's not um, that it's an answer to prayer. Often we forget that when God hasn't answered the prayer the way we want to, that he hasn't answered it. And sometimes he has answered our prayers, but he's given us a no. We don't like it. But as Christians, through prayer, we need to submit to God, to his better judgment, to understand his purposes, to seek knowledge, and to, to realise that perhaps he has something better for us in time. But then fourthly, I think God answers prayer with a weight. And that can be difficult too, because it's not a yes, and it's not a no. It's a hold your horses. But again, God wants to give us good gifts, and so waiting is good for us, because God has purposes in the waiting. And often in the waiting, as we persistently pray and knock and seek him, he will answer the prayer, but often he works within us, so he changes us in the process. We saw that in the life of Habakkuk back in February, a man who was seeking God in prayer. He thought this is what should happen, but in the process of praying, God changed him. And he praised God, and he saw that actually God's way was better than his way. Let me give you a personal example of, of all of this that we've been thinking about this evening. A few years ago, when I was in Poland um, teaching English, I spent much time in prayer about a certain young woman that I liked. My prayer was simply that she would like me back. And so I asked. I asked that Jesus would change her. And my asking turned to seeking, my seeking turned to knocking as I persistently prayed that these things would work out. And there was much frustration as things didn't come, as things didn't change. Questions arose in my mind and doubts. I didn't understand how this couldn't be part of God's will for my life. I was asking, I was seeking, I was knocking, pleading with him. I returned to the UK with the answer no. And it was difficult. It's draining, it's hard to understand. But during that time, God was at work within me and he was shaping me and he was changing me. And through persistency in prayer, there was something that God was not going to grant. He changed my heart and he shaped my prayers to be more in line with his purposes. To see and to trust him that he has something bigger and better for me. And of course, in time, he showed me who 
that person was. And of course it's my wife, Alison. And I'm, I thank God that he said no to Poland. I thank God that he changed me. We spend much time praying for very important things in our lives. Sometimes God says no. We need to trust him that there are better things for us. Sometimes God says wait. But he wants us not to give up, but to keep on knocking. God wants to give us good gifts. And we see that from verse 11. Look at verse 11. Which of you fathers, if you have a son, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God, our Heavenly Father, loves us, and his love is perfect. If you are an earthly father, you have children, I'm sure you would never dream of giving your children bad gifts. Happy birthday, son. There's something bad for you. That's not what comes into our minds. If God has answered your prayer with a no or with a wait, let's trust. Let's trust that he has the best for us. Let's look for his greater provision. God wants to give us good gifts. Gifts that are good for us, but gifts that are good for his purposes, for his kingdom. And the gift that he wants to give us most is the Holy Spirit. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit is God in us. His presence, his power, freely given by his grace because of Jesus Christ. God lives in us. He's there to help us live for him day by day, step by step, with the circumstances that we face, Lord, the Lord is there with us. Of course, we receive the Holy Spirit when we become Christians. He, that comes right there at the very beginning. But, but Jesus is talking more about that, I think. He wants us to have more and more of the Holy Spirit. He wants the Holy Spirit to be more and more in control of our lives as we submit to him. He wants to grow you to become more like Christ. He wants to develop within you the fruit of the Spirit as you grow in character. He wants to give you gifts of the Spirit so you can serve Him. He wants to give you more of His Holy Spirit so as you live for Him with all the things that you pray for, He's working within you to, to grow you, to grow His church. And so, what are you praying for right now? What's that one thing that's come into your mind as I ask that question? The thing that plays around as you lie in bed at night. A job? A spouse? Help at work? Healing from illness? Reconciliation in broken relationships? The salvation of friends and family? The Irving building? Ask. 
seek, knock. And as you boldly and persistently pray to God, see him work within you to shape and to change you, to change how you pray, and see in his timing, he answers. Don't give up praying. Trust in him. Submit to him when the answer is no. And look to the greater gifts that he has for you. Keep going. Keep praying. God will give you good gifts. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, as we did at the very beginning, for this wonderful gift of prayer. Thank you that it's about communication with you. It's about that living relationship we have with you. It's not about rubbing a lamp and out pops a genie and you give us whatever we want, but that you want to commune with us. You want to shape and change us to be more like you. Thank you that you love us, that you want to give good gifts, that you are generous. Thank you that if we spend time, we would be able to reel up countless ways which you have given good gifts, in which you have answered our prayers. Help us, Lord God. You know each of us, you know our hearts, and I pray for the things that we are asking you for, the things that we're searching for, the things that we are being persistent in prayer for, perhaps over many, many years. Help us to keep trusting you, to look to you, shape our prayers to be in line with your will, so that, Lord, you will answer, and that we will readily receive the good gifts you have for us, that will grow us to make us more like Christ, and ultimately will be good for you, for your eternal purposes, will be good for your kingdom. And Lord, ultimately we do pray that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.